I can see that y'all already heard that I spit really badly, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying that you, you've covered that zone pretty well. That's pretty good. I like it. If you would take your Bibles this morning and turn to Psalms 119. We're going to be looking at verses 57 and through 64, Psalms 119. We've been looking over the past um, several weeks about God's love. And today, last week we kind of changed direction. And, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit today about God's provision for us or God's protection for us. Kiddos, y'all listening? Okay, if you get five of those Bible verses, five Bible verses, that's all you got to learn. If you, come, if you come to old Dave and tell him five Bible verses, you get to go to Dairy Queen, go get an ice cream or something, something that you like. So five Bible verses, that's what it's going to cost you this time. That, that cost may go up as you learn. Five Bible verses, tell them to me and we'll go to Dairy Queen and get something to, something treats. So, the 119 Psalms, I've said this before and probably most of you guys know this, but it's the way that, that, a, that a Hebrew child learns the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabets, no vowels, by the way. 22 letters, no vowels. And each one of these stanzas in the 119th Psalm starts with another letter of the, of the Hebrew alphabet. And so, in fact, in the, in the Hebrew, every single line starts with this. We're on, you may have these above, by the way, those stanzas. We're on heth today. And heth means provision, God's provision. So when this child learns this passage of Scripture, 57 through 64, and they ingest that inside of them, they memorize it, Every single line starts out with, God is my portion. God is my portion. God is my portion. It's ingraining in, in kids how important it is to memorize Scripture. That's why we do what we do up here. It's why Sheila and I have done that every church we've ever been in. It, is to help these kids learn Scripture and ingest that into their souls. And you too, it's a great, a great exercise for you. The Bible says that we might hide God's word in our heart, that we might not sin against him. He brings that up all the time to us. We learn how to live by the word of God, by faith. And, and we do that by memorizing the word of God. I said this before when we were in, in Russia. I got to go to Russia in 1995. And, and in Russia, you have four or five preachers. So, you know, you can thank the Lord. Every service is about two hours, two and a half hours long. So you can thank the Lord that we're in America. See, just for that, nothing else. But every one of those preachers, we had a guy from, we were having a big crusade and, and, um, and got to see thousands and thousands of people come to know the Lord. But there were 200 of us scattered over all of Russia. And so my team was in a place called Zavalzhi and, and we had a guy from, from Chechnya felt called to the Lord to come up. He was an evangelist, felt called to come up. His name was Andre and he felt called to the Lord to come up and, and join us. And so every night we'd preach, and, and he, was, he was usually the third or fourth preacher on there, but I would just sit there, and he, you would see him, and he'd be thumbing to his Bible like this, and he'd shut his Bible, he'd get up and go, okay, turn to Mark chapter 1, verse whatever, or turn to Ezekiel chapter 3, and he'd just start. And I'm like, wow. So about the third or fourth day, I kind of got enough courage to go, Andre, how do you know the Bible so well? He said, I've been a Christian 35 years, I already have it memorized by now. Ooh, man, that hurt. That was a low blow. But it was truth. His granddad, all during communism, his granddad, they had gotten a, a sheet, one, 
page of the Bible and he would make his, him and his sister uh, memorize that and, and regurgitate it back to him and tell him what they'd memorized. So literally he memorized the whole Bible in, in those years that, that he was going um, during communism. So it's interesting. There's another thing that, that comes about in the Hebrew language. You've heard Jesus say that I've not come to abolish the law, but I've come to complete the law. Not one jot or tittle will, will pass in the law. Well, here are two Hebrew letters. I'm not a very good artist, but there's two Hebrew letters. Now, I have exaggerated them mildly because they're pretty hard to tell apart. They're exactly the same, one pen stroke. This one has got an exaggerated curve. It's not that big, and this one's got a little knot. That is a tittle, by the way. It's an English language word. But that little stroke right there at the end, if you look through there, um, you'll see these letters by by the name Heth, and you'll find that their letters are really hard to uh, distinguish between, but that little bitty stroke. I said they had no vowels. There's a, a Hebrew letter called a Yod, or Yod, and it looks like that. It looks like our exclamation point, if you, I mean, not exclamation point, but, but um, it looks like a mark, or breath mark on on English or in, in Greek, and it makes a whole difference in the word, makes a whole difference in the meaning, makes a whole difference in the vowel sound, makes a difference in everything. So you've got this little bitty mark. That's a jot, by the way. You've heard someone say, well, how does that make an iota difference in anything? Well, that's the smallest letter in the Greek alphabet. So um, that's where we get that, that phrase from. It's really iota, but you know in Texas we, we have to say however we say things. So one iota bit of difference is actually the smallest letter in the Greek. Now why am I making such a big deal about that? Because as you read the Word of God, you need to realize that, that God used language in a powerful, mighty way. At a, he, he came at this time to teach us these things. It's an unbelievable thing. By the way, the, the, the Israelites had gotten away from Hebrews, Jews had gotten away from Hebrew, and, and when they came back as a nation, that's one of the things that they restarted. All the, the children learned one language, and that language was Hebrew. And so it's brought their nation back together. It's one of the things that lessons I think we need to take far in the United States. We're an English-speaking nation, and it's important to have one language. It really is important. Do we need to, to encompass everybody else? Sure, sure we do. But we need to realize that, that that brings us together, that oneness. We're under one nation under God. It's an important little, little piece. So let's look at this passage of Scripture in Psalms 119. It starts off, and I'm reading now the New International Version. You are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. Wow. Have you done that in your heart? Have you really made that kind of commitment? I promise to obey your words, Father. Well, which ones? I mean, everybody asked that question. The, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and, and, and he said, uh, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, You've heard it read in the scriptures, obey your mother and father and so on and so forth. It goes through these, these uh, ten commandments. And the rich young ruler said, I've done all that. I'm a good guy. Man, I've done everything. He said, one more thing you lack. Just, just one more thing. 
Sell all you got. Give it to the poor. Take up your cross and come follow me. Wow. And it said that the rich young ruler went away sorrowful because he had many possessions. Jesus goes through this whole deal about how hard it is to get in the kingdom of heaven. We have promised to follow Jesus, to follow his word, to obey what he's, he's said to us. John 14 says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Then he says, if those who keep my commandments, they're the ones who love me. Then he says, same passage of scripture, by the way, just a few verses down. Those who love me follow all my commandments. Wow. It's pretty, uh, pretty blatant what Jesus is saying. We've promised to keep his word. David, or not David, the psalmist writes here, I have promised to obey your words, Father. I wonder in our lives if we really made that promise. He goes on to say this, I've sought your face with all of my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. Have you really done that? Have you sought God's face with all that you are? Matthew twenty two thirty six. 36 the lawyers or the rulers of that day, the, the Pharisees, Sadducees came to him and said, Teacher, tell us which one is the greatest commandment of all. And Jesus said that you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And the second is like unto it that you love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands hang all the law and the prophets. Wow. That's pretty heavy. Have you... Have you done that? Have you sought the Lord with all of your heart and soul and mind? Do you do that every day of your life? It's an important thing when you wake up in the morning, by the way, to start your day off going to the Father. We talked in Sunday school. It was a great lesson, by the way, in Sunday school today out of the book of James about seeking the Father in everything we do, to persevere. Have you done that in your life? Have you made that kind of commitment in your heart and soul? He goes on to say this, I've considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes, which means we have a choice. Every day when you get up, not just on Sundays, every day when you get up, you've got a choice. Either you're going to go your way or God's way. You're either going to love him with all your heart and soul and mind. By the way, Paul says in the book of Romans, if you can keep that first commandment, you can keep all the rest. It's a mindset that says today I'm going to follow God with all I've got. I love this passage of scripture and y'all know that I do. And, and I repeat it to myself all the time because I need it all the time. It says in Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him. That's your reasonable act of service. Wow. Have you done that today? God, I just come before you with all that I am and all that I have. It's yours. I'm going to turn my feet. I'm going to move my path from where I want to go to the way you want to go. You say, well, David, that's pretty difficult. Yes, it is. It's especially difficult for David. I love to plan and program. One, one of the things that, that uh, we learned in, in the lesson this morning is why do these people do all the planning and programming? Why don't they ask the Lord first? 
I have a real bad tendency of praying and God saying, okay, Dave, this is what I want you to do. And Dave go, okay, I got the small stuff. You can, you can handle the big stuff. I got the small stuff. Let me make some plans towards that. We'll make that happen. Woo, that is not what God wants you to do. He wants to guide and direct every single step of your life. I've had to learn over the years to, to as I walk day, day in and day out, minute by minute sometimes, as I'm going down the road, as I go to visit somebody, as I go here, that sometimes God has a different plan for me in that moment. When the Holy Spirit of God says, Dave, I need you to go here and do that, I've got a choice. Either I can go do what David's got planned, or I can go do what God's got planned. In that moment, you make a choice. That's what it's talking about here. I'm going to put my feet towards your statutes. I'm going to move the way that you want me to move. I'm going to allow you to guide and direct every part of my life. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Woo. I, I find it interesting in, in um, the book of Matthew that, that when... The Lord came to Joseph and said, you need to go to Egypt. It says, immediately, he got up and went. Immediately. And the word that's used there, I thought, well, you know, they, they had to get provisions. No, he, he grabbed what he had. They got on the donkey and went to Egypt. Wow. Immediately, God expects us to follow. It's, it's interesting to me that all of nature, when, when God speaks, jumps. All of nature, when God spoke into existence, everything that was, it was like that. And yet we think, well, God, when I get time, I'll do that. You know, I got some things going on right now. If you give me 15 minutes, I'll knock that out and we'll get after it. Wow. The God of the universe is calling you. The King of kings and Lord of lords has called you and he expects obedience now. Quickly, immediately. I've considered my ways and have turned my steps towards your standards. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I'll not forget your law. What kind of commitment do you have to the Lord? Are you willing to die for the faith? Several years ago, lot more than several now probably but many years ago our daughter was we were homeschooling our daughter she was in American history and so uh, we went by Vicksburg we went to to uh, Florida meet some army buddies of mine and uh, and they took us to Disney World but on the way or coming back we went to Vicksburg and we went out there to where the Texas regiment was and, and in a little field about the size of a football field, 2,000 people died that day. And I thought about that. I thought some of those guys across from you are cousins. Some of them, you know, relatives, you know each other. And yet, you're willing to stand nose to nose and toe to toe and fight for what you believe to the point of death. Wow. We've kind of lost that patriotism in our nation. We've lost that kind of patriotism, if you will, in our churches. Are you really willing to die for what you believe? I look at the, the pastors. I think there's still two in Iran that, that have stood up for their faith. And they may have a death sentence on them. All over the world we see that happening. 
people having to stand for their faith. Have you made that kind of commitment in your heart and life? Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. I will hold on to you. At midnight, I rise and give you thanks for your righteous laws. It goes back to hiding the word of God in your heart that you may not sin against him in the middle of the night. Some of you, I know, know that, what that's like. Get up several times in the night for various reasons. But when you wake up, is God on your mind? Do you allow God's word to flow over you and through you to remind you of who he is? Even in the middle of the night, do you know that he's your portion? Do you know that he's your protection? Do you know that he's your shield? No matter what comes, God is there. I'm a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 8 is a place that, that the Jews teach their kids very first thing. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands, Moses tells the people, that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your doorposts of your houses and on your gates. I found it is so easy to not do that. To not keep the word of the Lord in front of you all the time. It's easy for me to turn on the TV and, and that starts affecting the way I think. It's easy for me to read a book. This book starts swaying me to one way or the, or the other. It's easy for me to turn on the news and go, wow, man, we we're really messed up in this nation and the world. It's really for, easy for me to look around and rub, man, there ain't no rain. We're not getting this. We're not getting that. It's not going to happen. And yet God says, I'm in control of all things. Every moment of your life is planned. Wow. He is the God of the universe. There is nothing that happens without him. Nothing. How we need to realize that he's our portion and protection. No matter what comes, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether, whether it's the world crashing in, somebody else's fault, God is in control. We need to realize that God has filled this place with his love. Sometimes it's hard for me, by the way. You go down the, the road and you think, man, that guy right there, boy, that's a, that, that dude, he's just not right. Something wrong with him. You know that God loves him as much as he loves me? The worst guy we can possibly think of, and you're thinking of him right now, the worst guy that you can think of, God's love is good enough for him. Wow. It's in the way we treat each other. We need to realize sometimes we, we get into our churches and, wow. They don't exactly follow the doctrine that we have. Maybe sometimes they 
don't even believe the Bible exactly the way we do, instead of realizing that God's big enough to handle all of us, we grumble and fight against each other. Wow. Ought not to be. If we love the Lord with God with all our heart and soul and mind, I'm not saying that, that we have to uh, envelop that and agree with it, but we ought to reason together about it. What about you this morning? This psalm is one that I go back to over and over again. 119 Psalms, a great place to start it. I hope just taking this little segment out, you start going, man, what else is in that song? Because it's the longest psalm there is. But just thinking about going through this Hebrew alphabet, coming to this vow or this this letter and realizing that God is my portion and protection period it changes your life it changes your life so I'd ask you this morning first of all everything hinges off of this do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ period you know that, that our gospel our our way of thinking, this Christian religion, is the most narrow in the world. We, we hear a lot about the Muslim religion and so on and so forth. And, you know, if you don't follow this, you're an infidel and, and so on and so forth. If you're, from a Jewish standpoint, you're either a Jew or a Gentile and, and that's it. Christianity is even more narrow than that. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you had not accepted him as your Savior and Lord, you cannot get into heaven, period. No way, no how. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It starts with that relationship with Him. And then everything in our life has to hinge off of that. I have to think about in my life every single day. I, yesterday, I was watching the football game. I thought, do I love football more than I love God? Wow. No, I don't. But it's a question we have to ask all the time. If you love God, then what are you doing about that? God's love is, is not a static love where we just sit down and listen to a preacher talk or read the Bible and that's it. It's, it's an active love. We've got to do something about it. First of all, spend some time with Him. I think sometimes we get out and, and, and get the cart before the horse. We decide, oh, this is good. I think I'll do some of this. And God's going, that's not what i got for you to do. But secondly, have you just spent some time with him today? He's waiting. He's waiting. God is our portion and our strength. An ever-present help in times of trouble. Are you willing to put your life in his hands and rely on him today? Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time together, Father, in your word. Mm. I thank you that you're all I need. All I need. God, many of us in this room have learned that lesson, but we forget so easily that, God, you're our portion, our strength, our whole protection. You're everything that we need. So today, Father, I ask that we would return to that thought. We'd turn our steps. We would repent from the way we're going and turn towards you.
and allow you to guide and direct our lives. Then, Father, maybe there's one here, or two, or ten. God, they've never really accepted you. Oh, they've come to church and they've done a lot of things, but, Father, they've never given you their heart and their life and believed in you with all that they are. I pray for courage for them today. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing and you're about to do in this place. We give you praise for all things, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We ask Brother Brent to come. Jackie. We always have a hymn of invitation because God is inviting you even at this moment. Now, he's not inviting you just this moment. By the way, my, my dear old dad accepted the Lord out in the middle of a cotton field. Many berries placed many, many years ago. Because there was a preacher willing to go out there and say, Henley, this evangelist wants to talk to you and I'm going to get on your tractor and plow while you're out there. So they got under a mesquite bush and that's where he accepted the Lord. God is everywhere, all the time. He never leaves you or forsakes you. You can cry out to him anytime. But this is a very special time that we set aside every Sunday morning. God is inviting you at this moment to join him. Would you do it as we sing? couple of things before we go. First of all, thanks for coming. Man, it's a good crew. Thanks for coming today. Continue to pray for Bill. He's, uh, he's recovering. Uh, others are having testing and surgeries and so on and so forth. Dean's doing well. By the way, he's up and walking, so we're excited about that. Keep those guys in your prayers. Remember, tonight we're not having a Bible study. We're going to be over at the... Uh, at the nursing home, 4 o'clock. Any other word before we go? Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together, Father. We thank you for your word. May it be powerful and effectual in our lives as we leave this place today. May we give you thanksgiving and honor and praise with our very lives, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.